Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Atamarie, good morning. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 13th of September. It's just after 6 o'clock. KTP, Akwe Kempi, how are you? Oh, pai ana. Kate ora. Ahau. Inga mana inga reo inga iwi tēnā koutou katoa. Te whare etu nei. Uh, te whenua e takotona e ki waho A tēnā kōrua uh, I bro, it's awesome Awesome to be sitting here today With especially knowing a little bit about uh, This week is uh, the week of te reo Māori About speaking te reo Māori No matter what you got yeah. Is to get it out there um, And yeah. just a mihi bro Just a, just a you know, mihi ki akwe, um for just the, the 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 words, whether you use them, the little bit that they use, the kitipuha queer, the kiora, mm. you know, the the pairas, the the all the all the little bits they use daily, just get it out there, bro. It's, let's really enjoy this week, especially around um, celebrating our language in this country, whether it be English, whether it be Maori. 
Yeah, beautiful, Kimpy. Yeah, you did right, mate. Uh, my wife, I was sitting at dinner last night, and she's like, have you done your PPR? Are you, are you celebrating it? Like, we talked about it this week. I said, um, yeah, yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. But it's like you just said, hey, just, you feel a little bit apprehensive and, and a little bit nervous, but don't. Get it out there, even if it's simple as Kapai Kiora or Ketupiakwe, which is how you and mate, just simple. We're going to do it as much as possible this week, and we've got a good guest coming on later on uh, this week to celebrate Te Reo Māori, uh, Māori Language Week. Awesome work uh, there, Kempi, and great to have you back, Louis. We'll get to you shortly. I'll just give you a little update of what we've got coming up in the show. Carlos Alcaraz becomes the men's youngest ever major winner at the age of 19, 19 years of age. Three straight games that went to five sets, man. He must be as fit as anything, that fella. Wow, we He just still had a little bit of juice in the tank to get the job done over Rudd. But, uh, yeah, awesome work. And then Inga Schwatek getting the job done on the woman's side, winning $2.6 million US. How good is that? They were getting paid. <laughs> but awesome. US Open over there at Flushing Meadows, and uh, we're going to have Alex Gruskin. Gruskin, sorry, will join the show to talk US Open tennis and break it all down. Man, it was a great tournament, really lovely watch, and uh, well, there were some upsets and some drama always when Kyrgios is there and uh, had it all. So, looking forward to talking that later on in the morning, just after 7 o'clock. And then 7.40, we've got a big announcement, huge announcement yesterday when the Haney-Camborsal fight was released. David Nika and Hemi Ahio will both fight on the undercard, which will be aired free-to-air on TVNZ. Patrick McKendry, Paddy McKendry, will join the show to talk about the big news. Good opportunity for our fighters, Kiwi fighters, trying to stamp their mark in the world of boxing. Especially our very own David Nick and Emi Ahio, who is 19-0. So he, this is his chance to really break into the world rankings. So looking forward to chatting that. And then after eight, yes, the Black Ferns. They are announced today. The squad. Whew, big day. 3 p.m. World Rugby, uh, Rugby World Cup starting the 8th of October. Dreams will come true and some hearts will be shattered. Kirsty Stanway is all over it, and she'll come on to preview the announcement just after 8 o'clock. So, big day in Blackferns. And yesterday, Louie and Kempe, we had one of the own, Amy Duplessis, who no doubt will be announced this afternoon in that centre position. But if I'm going to be completely honest, that is one of the positions that is going to be hotly contested come the naming. Um, some big names playing in the centres, particularly always in the outside backs, but um, big day for Wayne Smith and co to announce their team going forward. And just quickly on that, I got a growling from my dad yesterday, because I didn't, I didn't talk about the Hawks Bay Tuis. They beat Otago over the weekend to win their division. So yes, shout out to the Hawks Bay Tuis getting the job done over Otago and uh, winning um, the, the championship there uh, in the um, women's rugby competition so well done Hawks Bay they've been promoted to top division and they'll take on the big guns next year which will be great for Hawks Bay rugby yep got a growling he said I said dad can't watch every can't talk everything he says excuses son just do it I was ah sorry we get reminders <laughs> so, yeah. we get reminders all day all day though don't we if oh, we miss something oh. 
Oh, day, my sister. You didn't talk any netball. I'm like, oh, come on, sis. Come on. Okay, we'll get. We'll do some tomorrow for you. Apologies. But no, we do get reminded, mate. We do get reminded. But hey, honestly, the weekend that was, Louis, the weekend that was, was just jam-packed with sport. Like, how are you meant to keep up, mate? Unless you've wow. got 300, 300 TVs like you have in your studio, you can't, you can't watch it all. It was... One of the great weekends. Well, you, yeah, it was, is he? Except it doesn't get easier from here. Actually, it's funny you say that because this morning on one of my very messy bits of paper, I just trying to do a bit of planning for what we've got coming up. Little the, the rest of this week, let alone next week, really, let alone the rest of the year. Now, how's this? Because of COVID, I worked out that we've got a bottleneck of World Cups to get through. <laughs> Between now, which is midway through September and October, November, December, so three and a half months, but you can pretty much scratch the end of December. So let's say in three months, in a quarter of the year, we're going to have a Rugby League World Cup, which is a month away on Thursday, a Women's Rugby World Cup, which is about three weeks away in New Zealand, a football FIFA World Cup, which is the event that stops the world, really. It is the biggest event, you know, with the Olympics and the Super Bowl. But over a sustained period of time, the Football World Cup is the one that really drags it. And we've got the commentary for a lot of these here on SENZ, including the T20 Cricket World Cup, which is a month away on Friday. And that's in a three-month span. And there are more World Cups out there, I'm sure. I'm certain of them. But those are four headliners. Uh, the of course, the Football World Cup and the T20 World Cup, we've got commentary of. Next week alone, we have got the Bledisloe, the New Zealand League back here in New Zealand. We've got the All Whites playing on Thursday against Australia, then playing on the Sunday at Eden Park, the day after the Bledisloe at Eden Park. We've got Joe Parker. Joe Parker's fight is next Sunday. That has snuck up out of absolutely nowhere He's been in wow. camp, and that's just around the corner. We've got the AFL Grand Final next Saturday night. We've got the NRL, so we've got the prelims this weekend. We've got the NRL semifinals and prelims next week. And that's not even to mention the spring racing we've got. We're two, two months away from Cup Week, but we've obviously got uh, the spring racing carnival just starting to heat up and on the path towards the Cox Plate, Melbourne Cup, Caulfield Cup. I'm out of saliva. There's not, there's, there's not much more to say, Kippy. It's it's going to be hectic for the rest of this year. Always the best time of the year. Always the best time of the year, September, October, November. You've got, I reckon, right up until the Melbourne Cup. Um, you got so many good sporting events. I don't know as if you watched any of the AFL on the weekend, but the AFL was insane. You know, you've got you've got AFL playing down the road of the Melbourne Melbourne game against Canberra. You got hundred thousand in the MCG. They can't fill the <laughs> Melbourne they can't fill the Melbourne Stadium against Canberra. But the 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 thing is, it's there. It's across the road from each other. You can just you can be sitting in town one night and go, I'm going to go to the NRL finals. Oh, hang on, I might just go to the AFL finals. And I was watching a bit of the Melbourne uh, Brisbane Brisbane game, mate. What a game! Honestly, Melbourne jump out to a 22-point lead and I turn the tally I turn the tally over to watch the league. I turn it back and Brisbane have come back and they've got them and the, just the commentary around the AFL and all that, they take it to another level, man. You can see why they just signed that $4 billion media rights Four deal. Four and a half billion dollars. Four and a half. So, so last night, in the, so the media right, rights yeah. deal, so we're talking about where it's going. All right, It's all about um, fan engagement. 
And the NRL came out last night and said that they want to renegotiate their contract with, with Foxtel mm. in around this $4.5 billion. And there's talk that Volandis basically might have said that if the AFL get more money than this, then we can come back to the table because they signed a five-year deal with Foxtel. Mate, I remember when I was in that um, position with the NZRL, we were talking about $2 billion. And when mm. we're talking 10 years ago, it's already at $4 billion. So where does Crazy. it end? That's that's my point. $4 billion it, over five years. Unbelievable. It's just going to keep going, Kempe. Yeah, I was reading that too. And and there was a little um, you know, unhappiness at the, when the Landy signed that. The clubs felt like they there wasn't enough on the table for them. When you think about it, it's a, well, it's a hell of a lot of money. But then you can put in comparison to what the AFL have gone and, and got and they've come back and said well there is an extra game in the weekend there is a longer season for the AFL so they're trying to compare the oranges with apples but do you does Vlandis have any any does it can he come back and rebuke that and just kind of does he have any argument to go back and, and, and ask him he's obviously come out and said there was a a verbal agreement well, that means nothing if there's no pen and paper. <laughs> no. He knows, <laughs> you know, written. Yeah. I th- yeah. Yeah. So, can they get it though? I think. I think what you're talking about really is the growth of the game, and in the AFL especially, the women's game has gone crazy over the last five years. So, you know, they've got a proper competition now that's televised, and this is where they're saying that the money has come um, for the for the game is through the women's and the participation of women playing playing football. So if you look at the NRL, the same thing's happening. They're trying to kick off yeah, the NRL woman. Although that's mate, that is although, flying, Kempe. Oh, mate, it's, I watched that St. George Broncos game, and I was like, do you see the drop to win it? Yeah, man. I was like, that's better than any other bloke, <laughs> mate. That was a hell of a shot. She smacked it. was it. so good. She smacked it right between the posts. It was a, the first time they ever had a golden point in women's mm. rugby league. Do I think he can do it? Yeah, I do. I do. I, th- I think... Yeah. It's, it Anyone is sort of apples and apples, but you've got, you know, <laughs> AFL's predominantly in Victoria. They do play it in Perth. They've taken a club up to Sydney. Um, the NRL is a more, little bit more global, you know, because you come to New Zealand. They haven't, that's one of the major reasons why they're trying to get it in Perth, is to get the competition in Perth, is around these meteorites deal. And at the end of the day, it's how many times they can put the games on telly. That's yeah. what. That's where the deals come from. And, and and they can do that. And they can try crowbar their way in. I guess the thing that AFL footy has up its sleeve is it has cornered markets. You're never going to break into Melbourne and you and Perth, yeah. Western Australia. Yeah, well, that's a prime example, isn't it? Like it, you got the MC. Yeah. This is the example of the AFL in the pool. The the MCG from Olympic Stadium is a. You could hit it with a tennis ball, really, mm-hmm. and you've got a hundred thousand people at a semi-final in Melbourne watching AFL. And you can't even half full the stadium in Melbourne watching rugby league. You can't. You just that just tells you you can't compete with AFL in well, Melbourne. Just look at look at the ABs, mate. Thursday, you go play Thursday, and we'll just uh, chip away on Saturday, and we'll sell back to back to back MCG AFL games with 100,000, mate. It's just well, sorry, crazy. You can't compete. And Izzy, do you know the funny thing about that? I was reading yesterday. They So this was Andy Marinos on a Rugby Australian decision. They said, okay, we've got a game in the heart of the AFL and the NRL finals. We're not even going to risk trying to play this on a Saturday night. The irony mm. is there's no game. Melbourne is dormant this Saturday night. I know. In the middle of their busy time of year... Sydney Swans have the Saturday night game up in Sydney, up the road, where the NRL's going to be, the Friday night. So they couldn't. And the funny thing is, 
even with all of that, they're on track to sell out Marvel Stadium for the Bledisloe, which I could not believe because as far as I'm aware, nobody cares. But apparently nothing sold it. It's like this is a global massive marquee sporting event, a headliner, and this is how good the Victorians are. They will turn up for everything. This is how good the Victorians are, Kempi. They love their sport. Well, that's exactly right. And and I love that about the the local government, you know, the, the, the... the Melbourne people, they will pay to get sports events to Melbourne because they know that they can fill stadiums. The Marvel Stadium, like the Marvel Stadium down the other end of town, you've got, we talk about let's get a stadium in Auckland. (laughs) Mate, Mm. Melbourne, Marvel Stadium, MCG, Olympic Stadium, Rod Laver Stadium, all all within walking distance. Crazy, eh? Absolutely crazy. crazy. And and talking talking about filling out the all-black game, unbelievable. I played there in 2010, boys. I had a game for the ABS Bledisloe at Etihad. It was Etihad, obviously the Essendon Bombers. That's their home state now. It's called Marvel. And uh, it was a crazy week. Crazy week. It was crazy because you wouldn't even know we were there. You wouldn't even know we are there walking around. You go anywhere. You go to Rugby Nations all the time. You just can't even leave your hotel. You're getting pumped. You go to Melbourne, mate. You're just another little ant in the, in the big, <laughs> wide, old world. And you can walk around and no one even know you exist. And you turn up to the stadium. You're, like, you're thinking, mate, is anyone even going to come and watch? And then it's sold out. And it's crazy. And it is a beautiful stadium. What a place to play at Eddie Head and Marvel Stadium. So, yeah, Thursday night, boys. Thursday night test match. Fever and just sort of quickly going back to um I know we're gonna shoot off in a minute. Quickly going back to that uh that broadcast deal, you know, like you said, Kempe, this it's only gonna get big, bigger and bigger. And what happens? The players get a percentage out of that broadcast deal. Mm. So the wages, the salaries, you know, where does it end? You're gonna get to a situation with AFL. They're probably already right there. You know, you've got Dusty Martin, probably the highest paid in the AFL. Where's that going to stop? They're going to see this just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, and the players are just going to get paid and paid. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, can't, I don't know what the uh, fee is in the AFL at the moment, but if it's not, we are very close to a two million dollar a year player. We are mm. very, very close. And I even saw Latrell Mitchell being circled as what a Buzz Rothfield was making the case why Latrell Mitchell in the NRL is worth two million dollars a year. So you're right, is he? As the broadcast deals inflate, so does the players' salaries. Now. You talk about Docklands or Marvel Stadium, where it just pops up, the trains arrive there, people flood in, 50,000 people there on Thursday night. Can't wait question of the day. They won't know the rules, but they'll be there. And there are Kiwis, there are a lot of expats obviously over there, so they all come out of the woodwork apparently because it looks like it's on track to being sold out. How buzzy is this? It's Tuesday morning, we've got a team naming in a few hours, lads. I can't get my head around it. All my time is all warped out. My oh, week is it today. <laughs> I think it must be today, right? Team yeah, it is today. It is today yeah. Yeah. They had the day off yesterday. So it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it it's, I can't. My internal calendar is completely cooked. Um, <laughs> so here's one for you 0800 150 Don't let us waffle on. You join the conversation. 8, 9, 10. 8, 9, 10. 11, 12, 13. No. 8, 9, 10. Who fills your 8-9-10 jerseys? 0800-150-811. I think there is some really interesting selection choices to be made here. What I think they'll do is I think they'll stay consistent where they can, but they can't at number 9 eight. 9 and 10 is consistent. 8 
was big, the big one. And mm. I think that, yeah, that's exactly right. Eight, nine, ten. Who do you like? Who don't you like? What do you think? We've spoken at nauseam about the loose forward, so I want to do it a little bit different today. Eight, nine, ten. Back of the scrum to your pivot. Who do you want to see in the AB's jersey? Izzy's been on the Instagram. He'll know who it is. 22 minutes past <laughs> 6 o'clock. Double eight, double three. Temper post text machine. But give us a call on the Kennard's Hire phone line. Come through. Have a chat Tuesday morning. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 27 minutes past 6 o'clock. Can't wait question of the day today. It's a team naming Tuesday. I know this might spin you out. We're not talking about the NRL. We're not waiting for Stacey Jones to name his side and work out whether Reese Walsh is on the interchange or whether he's playing. We've got an All Blacks team naming. And I'm asking Izzy, Kempe, yourselves, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Izzy, 8, 9, 10 for you. Where does it go? 8, 9 and 10 is easy. Smith and Maunga. They're going to start there at uh, 9 and 10. Uh, 8 is the tough one. Eight is a tough one. I can see them going for Akira if they want to, if they want to. Um, just to add different, I think six is going to be Barrett. I think he's going to play six. And so where whether Akira has the opportunity to play eight. So it's out of Akira or Jacobson. And I'm probably going to lean towards Jacobson. I'm going to give Jacobson the, the nod there. Just he'll be able to compliment um, Sammy Kane at the breakdown and add a bit of pressure there around the area where they've had so little success over the last couple of weeks. Um, so Jacobson at eight for me. That is where I'm leading. Kempe, is oh, it, is it, are you on the same track that it's Smith and Maunga? Yeah, 100%. Locked? I think they're locked in. Yeah, I think Bodie, Bodie starts off the bench again. Uh, I tend to agree with Izzy, but I think Jacobson off the bench, I think what they'll do is probably go with Suturu in number eight because they need the size. They need... Mm. Against their back, against their back three, uh, the Australians, they need some more size. And I think, you know, we spoke about it earlier on in the year, Izzy, about Australia mm. and the way they can be really aggressive in their eight, seven, and six. And this is, a, I think, an opportunity for um, Hoskins to step up and really show that he can match it with that, that type of um, player. And, I, and and part of me says that the coaches actually want to see whether he can or not. So I think Luke Jacobson, we know can, but I think I'll start with Hoskins and they'll, if it doesn't work out, then they'll shift Jacobson straight back in. Fair shout, yeah. Hoskins is, is a good shout. I just haven't been... Um, well, they can't. You know, I just haven't seen... Yeah, like he's he's been in the squad for for a while now, and he's had some you know last year. I think it was down the short side he did that grubber kick for someone, and he's got some amazing talent. But when the going gets tough, is he able to dig in and and, and stay there and get the job done? That's the question. And if I'm going to be complete, this is the only, this is the test out of all the bleds that I'm I'm nervous. I'm a little bit nervous about because I can't see Australia coming to New Zealand and, and beating the All Blacks at or at Eden Park. I can see them maybe potentially tripping them up here. We've had a great game. We haven't backed it up before. Can they put in two consistent performances? That is the question of the day, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, you know, look, it's, it's, we've, got, we've got Wednesday and Thursday to pontificate on yeah. that one, is he? Morena Lads, Oscar Sadudu, number eight, Smith Moong, yes, you're exactly right. Chur, Richie, yeah, uh, yep, I, I think that nine and ten do kind of pick themselves on their consistency model, but it's really interesting. Uh, part of me, and this is sacrilegious to say, but part of me would almost like to see it come back to New Zealand in a must win in Eden Park, just 
I know that that's probably people are screaming at their wirelesses, but I don't know. I just I'd love to see what Australia can do and put the heat on it at uh, in Docklands there at Marvel Stadium. We'll see whether they can. But the selections are there any? Is there any way that they do something funky? Double eight, double three, eight, nine, ten. Who is it? Twenty nine away from. What about you? Again. Who's your eight? Who's your eight? Uh, well. My eight is probably going to be... Well, if it was me, I'd choose Luke Jacobson, but I actually think they're going to stick, start Hoskins to do. Mm. I think they're going to commit to the bit, and I think they're going to give him a go. They've picked, they've persisted with him so long, now they've had an opportunity gifted to them because they're never going to be able to drop Artie Savia, and he doesn't seem to get injured that much. So you're never mm. going to have another opportunity to try it. And if they don't do it now, then why do you keep picking the bloke? 29 away from 7. I think it'll be Hoskins to do personally. After this, we'll catch up. We'll come back with some sports headlines. But here is Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, get your messages through on double eight, double three. Who's your eight, nine, ten? Really, we're just wanting to know who your eight is because nine and ten seem pretty safe. It's a team naming Tuesday. We'll get that squad through later this morning or early this afternoon, probably. At Bunnings Trade, helping businesses our trade. Here to make your job easier. Helping businesses Bunnings Trade, indeed. Some sports headlines to start you off on your Tuesday morning, guys. How's this? for some good news. The ASB Classic, Izzy, has confirmed world number two, Casper Ruud, has been confirmed for the January event. Now, he's just gone down to Alcaraz, who's been playing off his head in the US wow. Open final. But Casper Ruud ran through that tournament himself and was looking scintillating. What a signing this is. We've spoken about how it's harder to get the men's uh, the stars mm. because of the timing and the other ATP events on around that time. This is a real coup for uh, Nicholas Lamper and congratulations everyone involved there. You will be fired up. I know that's the sort of person that would make me buy a ticket. And right now we've had the result come through. Well, actually overnight we had the result come through. England have pumped South Africa and won by nine wickets in their test. So Baz, a summer... Bazball. A summer to remember for Baz, he has got the job done, and I've bet uh, South Africa two one in that. Another horse coming series, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How good, eh? How good is that? How good, Baz? Just gone over into the unknown and just hurt their ground running, and the players have taken to him so well. They eight, love eight from nine, is it? Yeah, Matt. He is, is it? obviously eight from nine. Is yeah. that right? That's I think that's he's the only stat. Lost one. He's only lost one. He, of the last nine, he's only lost one. Well, he pumped us. <laughs> so I remember. And, but and, and that's that's the thing. Like not, there's no draws. It's either you win or you lose. And that's the mindset he has taken. He's coming home. I've messaged my me old mate and going to catch up and and have play some golf and have a wee beer. And I can't wait to chat to him just about it and and see how he's taken to it. And just being in England, you know, like. Being a part of, you know, you follow uh, a few few people on social and they just love what he's brought to this cricket team. The, the mindset change and 
the success that they're getting. So, well done, Baza. Yeah. Huge. Well, hopefully we'll catch up with him maybe tomorrow or Thursday. He owes us one, so he's good. To, he said oh, he was, hurry up, Bez. He said he was good to come on after he won this test, so he just wanted to get his work done, and then he'll come on and have a chat with the lads. So it'll be good to hear from him. Um, we'll ask him if he'd be picking Satutu at number eight. I'm sure he's following along. Uh, also, there are three Premier League matches that have been postponed before the uh, funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. Chelsea's home game with Liverpool, Leeds United trip to Manchester United have been called off. Brighton against Crystal Palace had already been called off because of the uh, strikes. So that was unrelated. Um, so there's football still being impacted over in the UK. What did you guys, just as a complete side, what did you guys make of the public holiday? The Yeah, yes. yeah well, mate. Controversial for small business owners, though, eh? Like it's yeah. An- some people won't be another public holiday. I mean, mm. I'm in Auckland, so I'm, I was going to try and take that off anyway. So I'm quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been. It's actually um, been polarizing watching hugely. like all the comments and what people have got to say, and you know, it's really interesting watching this all unfold, but. Um, I think the more the, the the big one for me, the biggest news for me was the mandates being dropped on Monday, where you don't have to. And for businesses, if you're talking about that, the uh, the market being opened up to international travel for sure. So you know, Queenstown will start to flourish again, and people um, wanting to get out of the country, come into the country, knowing that they don't have to worry about these mandates. I think that's probably the the biggest news that came out for me yeah. yesterday. Huge news. How good's that? No masks on planes. Are you going to still wear one? Because I'm not, Matt. Those things are so sweaty and I hate them. Can't stand Mate, them. you're asleep. Constantly... What do you care? Yeah, I know. I'm asleep. Hoodie <laughs> up. I don't even wear my mask. Let's be honest. I put it down my face and I face the window because that's why they can't see me. So anyway, it's always down. Oh, but it, makes, it makes me laugh. It's so good. You get a cup of tea and everyone takes their mask off. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the little, in the I mean, little, it's quite... in the little incubator. <laughs> I know, mate. It's quite good anyway because you can hide away if you don't really want to deal with people. Some days you just yeah, aren't famous. Bored, so you just put yeah. put your mask up and hoodie up and you walk through. But um, nah, huge day in that sense. But for the for the holiday, you can understand people's you know anger towards it. It's been a tough old time for small businesses. You know they want to be operational, and there's always been that case of sick leave and you know being extended from seven to ten days, and and people. Are already struggling, but um, you know, there's Queen that has done so much around the world, and we need to celebrate. And um, yeah, people are going to agree, and people are going to disagree. That's just the way this world is. And just on that Hoskins Satutu, and they've come through. If they don't pick Satutu, why is he in the squad? And that is the point right there. Yeah, he's in the squad, but don't just pick him to play because he's in the squad. You pick the right person at the time that is going to go out there and do the job. And if that is Hoskins. I hope, if he gets that opportunity, I hope he can. That is a question. Can he go out and do the job? And can they um, um, do the job that is needed of them? Uh, um, Korobeti has already come out and said, aggression, we've got to be aggressive. The footprint has already been laid throughout the series losses where we've lost those performances. Other teams have laid the foundations on how to beat the All Blacks. So they have the footprint to do it. And it's going to be a tough old battle. It's going to be an aggressive one. And, uh, yeah, whether the Hoskins can, can withstand that, we'll soon see. Cause I, I know what you mean, um, Louis. I think he's going to probably get the nod. Mm. Yeah, well, and I know I also know what you, you mean. You can't just pick him because it's the right thing to do. He has to be ready for it. 
but when else are we yeah. ever going to find out? How many risks are they going to be willing to take, though? Because they haven't been playing overly well. The Aussies have got their tails up a wee bit. They want the Bledisloe. They know they have to win in Melbourne to do it. So mm. you kind of can't take risks, but also you don't have your best player there. So Hoskins, Luke Jacobson, whoever it is, they've got to step up, and it's not going to be easy. Mm. The Aussies are coming, 19 away from seven. Um, and by the way, Kempe, it's it's going to be the King's birthday public holiday next year. Whoa, okay. Get that, get your head, just give yourself some time to get your head around that one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change our kind of, you're not the king. You know, it used to be, you're not the queen. Now it's like, you're not the king. Like, why should I do that for you? You know, you, a, little bit, a little bit of banter. You got to change your banter. Only now. you would come up with that. <laughs> you got to change your banter. You know, yeah, you that's right. Now. Who are you? Is that, is that you? Talk, you ready to, is that you, Tatili? You're not the queen there, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what you say to people. Yeah, you know, that demand everything. You're not the queen. Like, why should I do that? Now it's going to be you're not the king. Okay. Yeah, you're not. You're not Charles. Uh, yeah. People are. Oh, man, who do you think you are? The king. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. So we're going to change it now. Our mindset's different. Less of a, less of a glow as well. Um, nine to eighteen away. It just doesn't quite sound the same, does it? Eighteen away from nah, seven. We'll get used to it. Oh, apparently yesterday we had a blowout. This is Redemption Island. Oh, 0800-150-811. Quizzy Dag. jump through that screen. Come. <laughs> <laughs> Nevia. Oh no, you better get no, it right I thought this it was time. Joe. I thought it was Joe. To be honest, Neeps, you're right, mate. Hey, Izzy, and no one mentioned he slept in this morning. Oh, is that? I wonder why I didn't get any libraries. Anyway, okay. Ah, <laughs> right. 0800 150 811. Okay, all these jokes, you want to know what's going on. Nepia was the one that slept in. Nepia owes us a perfect quiz. Can he deliver it after this? Call and find out. Play Quizzy Dag for a $50 TAB bonus bet. 0800 150 Ooh, he's taking heavy breaths back after this. <laughs> and here I was thinking you were just a little bit sheepish this morning. You didn't want to talk about Hoskins Satutu. Uh, apparently the phone lines are cooked. So <laughs> it wasn't my, my can't wait question of the day not being very can't wait. Well, who hasn't seen the quiz well, over there? I Joe? have. Probably Neeps. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> <Neeps>. <laughs> uh, uh, well, no, no, no. someone over there is going to have a have a go at it, and if you get it, you win. If I if you don't, I win the fifty. Have you ever seen the quiz? Is it? What we have to? I haven't actually. <laughs> you haven't? No. Oh, but there's no way you're gonna. Oh, oh, no, no wonder Izzy wants to have a crack here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Okay, uh, here we go, Joe. Give us the tune. Here we, go. we need the tune. Oh, right. We right. need the tune. I can't do two things oh. at once, Lou. You know that. Uh, Play the tune because you'll be gone in 10 seconds. This is how you do it. come play it. This is how you do it. I got you, Joe. I got you, mate. You got no chance, Joe. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google Joe, don't lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. All right, let's go. This is oh, yeah, this is going to be my mum if I want it. 
So Joe yesterday said, sorry, Izzy, I didn't proofread it. Sorry, I'll, I'll make sure I proofread the quiz. <laughs> so he obviously didn't learn his lesson yesterday. He hasn't proofread the quiz today. So, okay, I can understand. He's a man of man of words. Here we go, Joe. Good luck. Right. Question number one. The Kiwi men and women's teams were both awarded the silver medal at the Sevens Rugby World Cup. What was the score in the women's gold medal match? Oh, he's going 0-5. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. No, it was on the TV yesterday. I, we spoke about I watched it. it with you. Um, yeah. Was it like 20 to 14? Yeah. Well, you didn't watch it with us because they scored a try and they had a goal kick to draw. Oh, that's right. Yes, I remember that. Oh. Oh, no, you're gone. (laughs) Give me one more. Give me one more. Ah, Craig. Here we go. Here we go. Question The England cricket team have bet the South Africans in their series. What was the series score? 3 0. We just spoke oh, about two it. Two one to me. No, no, no. Two one, two one, two one, two one. I meant two one. That's what I meant. Yeah, All yeah. right. You better get this one. It shows you've been listening. Okay. The All Blacks are set to take on the Wallabies on Thursday night. Which stadium is the game <laughs> being played at? Yeah, the one in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? What's it called? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, super. Uh, super stadium. Oh, oh yes. my. Oh, are you listening? <laughs> no, no, literally I, no. I, no Marvel Stadium. Marvel, that's it. That's it. But yeah, yeah. <sighs> He's a chance to okay. go on five here, and then and then and then the, the okay. Then here we go. <laughs> Nitro Circus is coming back to New Zealand in November. Oh, okay. What is the name of the original Nitro Nitro Circus member who passed away while base jumping? Oh, um, it's. Uh, Erickson, uh, e, e, uh, uh, Erickson, Erickson. Five. Uh. Nah. You gone. Eric Rona. Oh, pretty close. Question number five. Which Super League team does Sean Kenny Dow play for? Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, Joe. Back to the buttons, my friend. Joe, go back to bed. <laughs> Check your phone, Joe. Oh man! And I just and like there's that's a bloke that works at a sports radio station. So, <laughs> oh, we love Joe. We love Joe. But proofread it next time, Joe. Um, eight away from seven. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kenard's half phone line is. We're working on that. We're going to have that back before the end of the show, so we can hear from you. We've got some good messages here coming through on double eight double three. Our text machine is still working, so we will get to that and some of your messages up after that. That was the worst edition of Quizzy Dag ever in the history of Quizzy Dag. Joe is not getting the fifty dollars TAB bonus bet, and uh, it's back up for grabs at some stage during the show. We'll hey, hey, out. hey! What about me? I said if, if I win the quiz, I get it. So please, I'll, um, I'll send you my account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the one with lots of zeros. <laughs> no. Yeah, zero, zero, no. zero. <laughs> yeah. Back with your messages <laughs> after this. Two minutes to seven. Lots of texts coming through, which is good because the phones are cooked. Uh, Morena lads in Aroha. I was lucky enough to live in Melbourne for 11 years. Such a great city for sport. I watched the game at Marvel, ABs versus Wallabies, and the Kiwi mm. anthem was louder than the Aussie one. It was weird, is he? It was very weird. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, a lot of Kiwis there. A lot of Kiwis there. It's, a, it's honestly a fantastic stadium to play sport at and, and one of the greats. So, uh, Marky, 
I was a young fella coming off the bench in that game. Played, I think I played seven minutes. Ah, come on, man. Ted, get me on earlier. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we got the job done. But, yeah, it's a special week. It's a special week because there's just so much sport. And it's just, it's just a city of sport. And I love it. Another one here from Brian from Christchurch. Yeah, lads, boys, why would you pick Hoskins? He only plays for 20 minutes. The game is 80 minutes. He is not the answer. Brian and Ken just battling it out on the on the temper bed post text <laughs> machine. Double eight, double three. Oh, I love it. Kevin, what about this? Have you heard the rumours of RTS? Could we hear back to Roosters? I have heard the rumour, but not to. I didn't hear that he was heading back to the Roosters. And of course he would head back to the Roosters, wouldn't you, with Nick Politis already having uh, a crack at getting that one right with Sonny Bill Williams. Mm. So... Um, I'm just saying a little bit. I, I think I think a little bit too early. I think he'll go yeah. up to the Northern Tour if he makes that and give it a crack. Um, but yeah, watch the space next year maybe. Wow, man, that'll be huge news. He hasn't really given himself a chance. They need to have you know he's showing signs, showing signs. Just needs a little bit of a bit more time in the saddle. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk some tennis because the US Open well finished last night and. Alcaraz, young 19-year-old, getting the job done over Rudd, who has come. Rudd, I should say, who's coming to the ASB Tennis Classic. Alex Gruskin coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price off Blackmores and Swiss Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Tamariya, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ, Tuesday the 13th of September. Oh yes, spring is here and the sun is shining down here in Ototahi Christchurch, so good, I love it. The weather has been, ah, grouse lately, loving it, loving it, because that was the most horriblest winter I've ever had. And well, nearly packed up the, the, the car and, and left this place, but no, it's starting to come right here down in the, in the South Island lads and uh really really loving it. it's just after seven o'clock and uh well i've got a message here from ed you've got to remember na mihi koutou ka pai ki te korero maori e runga te reo irirangi o scnz champion the champions on of aotearoa and that is from ed yes te reo maori language week this week and we will be doing our best to celebrate it and um speak it as much as possible kempi will be doing it for sure. Big out coming up. We're going to talk to Patrick McKendry later on in the show. We're going to talk some boxing, but right now we're going to talk some tennis. Yesterday we witnessed a fitting finale 
to what has been an entertaining year of tennis majors and one of the most incredible US Opens ever. 19-year-old Carlos Alcaraz claimed his first major title in convincing fashion at the US Open the day after 21-year-old Inga Swatek established herself as a dominant force in the women's game. What does this mean for the future of tennis? Well, we thought we'd get Alice Gruskin on the... Uh, on from the Cracked Rackets podcast to pose that very question. G'day, Alex. Ah, good day, my friends. How are you doing this morning? We are doing really, really well, mate. Obviously, two young, fine tennis athletes getting the job done. What does this mean mean for the future of tennis, mate? It's in good stead. No, it's certainly exciting. It beats the alternative, in my opinion, of having the same four people win every event. I think tennis fans are finally ready for some new blood and to see two players who, to be clear, you know, it's September 13th, 2022. On January 1st, 2030, neither Sviantek nor Alcaraz will be 30 years old. And I just think keeping that perspective (laughs) makes everything that much more fun. Hey, Alex, Alcaraz has been compared to a number of uh, athletes at the moment in tennis. Who who do you think, for me, I think he's a young Pete Sampras, but who do you think he, he emulates? I mean, not to cross over outside of tennis, because I think there are some comparisons you can make within this sport, but... It really does remind me of the transcendent athletes. You think of people like LeBron James when he broke through. I am from Detroit initially, and when his Cleveland Cavaliers beat my Pistons in 2007, it felt like, all right, this is the guy moving forward. And with Carlos Alcaraz, it just feels like after this moment with everything he's done, becoming the youngest world number one in men's tennis history, becoming the second youngest male player to win the U.S. Open after the aforementioned. Pete Sampras I mean you watch the guy go behind the back there's never been a ball he doesn't quit on he's a testament to why when you're working out you never skip leg day the guy's a freak (laughs) athlete he's one of one you want to talk about that three straight matches that went to five sets so what an engine this guy has do you know what he does behind the scenes like you said he doesn't skip leg day mate but he is probably the most fittest tennis player on, on, on the tour at the moment because that final went right to the very end and he stayed true and he didn't look like he was gassing out one bit. No, I think he drinks whole milk instead of 2%. I have to imagine that's what he's going with. It's got to be some sort of trick like that because the guy is an absolute freak. I mean, his hairline is manufactured to perfection. And then there's all the things he does on the tennis court, whether it be the forehand, which he can explode into at any moment. The fact that as gifted as he is as an athlete, he's also extraordinarily comfortable volleying, a la a Pete Sampras again. It feels like we get 19-year-old Rafael Nadal, but with a uh, 2022 skill set. And as tennis fans, you know, again, I think we see the Terminator. Jeez, it it sounded like you were describing Israel Dag then, Alex. Um, <laughs> hey, just on uh, just on both um, Schwartek and and Alcaraz, you you see all these young people coming through the, uh, especially in America. The, there's a big change in the NFL with the young quarterbacks and the young players taking the limelight at the moment. Is this just the the way things are going at the moment? Where uh, the, these types of sports are going to be built for young players and, and 19 and 20 is going to be the new norm? 
I think it's an excellent question to pose. I think more than anything else, tennis is in a spot where we know who the flag bearers have been. On the women's side, Serena Williams has put together probably the greatest athletic career of my lifetime in any sport, and she's finally retiring from the game. You have Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and while Nadal wins two slams this year, Djokovic wins one, they're still the guys to beat. They're slowing down. They're not playing as frequently, and, you know, I rave about Carlos Alcaraz. I'm glad you bring up Iga. We do a a segment on our Crack Racket shows. That's how you sneak in a free plug, boys. We do a segment on our shows talking about the greatest of all time because that's always a fun argument to have as any sports fan. And the way we do it to have fun because the greatest of all time is a stupid discussion. We talk about who's not eliminated from the greatest of all time discussion because 99% of athletes by the time they're 21 years old, with all due respect, you know, I knew when I was 12, I wasn't going to be the greatest (laughs) tennis player of all time. I was eliminated in that moment. What's crazy to say about Iga Shiantek, 21 years old, she's not eliminated from the greatest of all time discussion. She's one of nine players to win three major titles before turning 22 years old. She won 37 consecutive matches this season. And, you know, May was the first time she was allowed to drink legally in the United States. It's just like, what is the next decade going to look like for Mm. these two superstars? I think tennis has been ready to turn that page. For the past five years, just given the age of these top players, and now it seems like players are finally good enough that they are able to break through. And she's getting paid too, two point six million US <laughs> dollars, mate. So she's she's gonna be relatively happy. She'll be buying the drinks all summer. But do you think Iga Sortek has a chance of achieving the calendar year Grand Slam twenty twenty three? I do. And to your point, uh, just a quick plug for tennis. In 2020, Mm. nine of the top 10 paid female athletes were tennis players. So if you like sports and you're a woman, I'm telling you, tennis is the sport for you. You can make a little, you know, a little dinero to enjoy the later (laughs) stages of life. But yes, I mean, Iga has won a French Open. She's won a U.S. Open title now, which is the same surface they play in Australia. And when she was one of the top junior players in the world, she won the junior Wimbledon title. So she's proven she can do it on every surface. And she's got 15 years to do it. You know, when you're two two of the four slams there and you've got your 15 best years ahead of you, odds would say, I mean, I do. it's crazy to say that out loud, but I do think it's possible. Hey, Alex, talking about money and uh, what you know you're the top nine athletes there earning the cash of tennis players do you see a, a maybe a shift in uh, competitions like the um, the live golf or the the EPL uh, where you've got well, more money being being offered up for different tournaments well I want to say just the all-time segue talking about money I was like oh no where's he gonna go from here I was like I, I don't know um, you know we're getting into my bank account we're getting into yours I'm happy to exchange numbers um, but yeah I it, it is interesting because like golf tennis is an individual sport and the most individual or the most marketable athletes, are the athletes who typically do the best in the game. And, you know, they're the ones who are the big draws. If you have Novak Djokovic playing your event, it's going to sell out. If you have Serena, as we saw in New York, those crowds were incredible. Um, It is a very star-driven sport. At the same time, you know, there's only one world number one 
at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And it is the players ranked 20, 30, 40 who sort of need the structure of the ATP tour to sustain themselves and their livelihood. Tennis isn't always the most lucrative. You know, you can be the 250th best tennis player in the world and you're barely breaking even. And it's, you know, it's it's much, I, I do think there is an opportunity. That's why I say that, because if you can find a way to make the life of the 250th best, best player in the world more financially reasonable, that maybe there would be an opportunity. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Watch that space, I feel, with the LOV and what's happening with the PGA and, and the drama that's going on there. But just coming back to the, to the tennis, Kyrgios, is he running out of time? Can you see him getting a job? This was his greatest opportunity to go and get a major, and he obviously fell short to the, the American Tiafu. But um, mate, is, uh, can you see him getting it done maybe one day, or, or well, has he got a lot of work to do? You know, not to make it about me, but let's make it about me. Um, yeah. Nick Kyrgios <laughs> is six months older than I am. He was born April 95. I was born October 95. So to hear you say he's almost done breaks my heart because I'm like, no, man, I'm 26 years old. I'm not almost done. Um, but I actually think this year perhaps was the redemption and the kick in the in the tuchus, as we say in my culture, that he needed to sort of get his act together as he ostensibly enters what should be the prime of his career. Again, Nick turned 27 in April, and what we've seen in athletics over the past 5-10 years, regardless of sport, is that that prime is extended. And in a sport like tennis, which is very wearing on the body, but you're not taking hits, you're not suffering concussions, Mm -hmm. certainly it feels like Nick can play his best tennis for the next five years if he'd like to. And I think why this uh, year was so good for him is why wouldn't he like to? He proved this season he can be one of the 10 best players, five best players in the world if he wants to be. You know, again, we're only 27 years old at the end of this year. I like to think there's still a five-year window for me to hit my prime. Over the hill, over the hill, time to retire. (laughs) Hey Alex, what about Coco Goff? Does she does she pick up a major for her first major next year? We'll talk about over the hill. Eighteen years old. Come on, the past is you know the best is behind her. Um, no, I think next year. No, I don't think she is quite ready. Simply because I think what Iga Swiatek to go full circle does best is particularly well suited to beat Coco Goff. Coco Goff is a generational type of athlete in professional tennis and to see her already reach a grand slam final at 18 years old to see her crack the top 10 of the rankings at already 18 years old not a lot of players do that she is definitely special but there are some other special talents right now on tour as well and i just don't think her game has quite matured enough yet she might make another slam final she might win a title in doubles but i don't see the singles title coming quite yet well, she's been announced to come down under to the ASB Tennis Classic. Just like today, we've had a huge announcement. Casper Rudd confirmed as a starter yeah. for our event in the ASB Classic down here to start 2023. Now, if you had the checkbook, who would be the men's player you would unload on to get them to that event? Ooh, I mean... Nick Nick doesn't count because it's so close to home and like, you know, you guys can see him whenever. Um, I, I would open up the checkbook for, boy, if you can get a healthy Roger Federer in what will probably be one of his final 10 tournaments of his career. I mean, I think if you're looking at the clock, 
with bad knees, 40 years old, respectfully. I don't know how many events Roger has left. You open up the checkbook for him. Alcaraz is two. Kyrgios is three. And then the wild card, Francis Tiafa, would be the fourth one I would bring in. Ooh, beautiful names. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. The mandates have been dropped here, so Novak Djokovic could be more than welcome back here down <laughs> under in New Zealand. So, <laughs> mate, it's going to be a fascinating See, tournament. No, I didn't want to go there. I was going to say Izzy 5, Djokovic 6 would be probably my go-to. <laughs> awesome, mate. Honestly, there's some, been some big names announced down here at the ASB Tennis Classic in January, and it's one of the great events I've been there and. Uh, I was there last time Serena was there, and it was an awesome event to go and witness. Mate, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts on the tennis. Alice Gruskin, uh, host of Cracked Rackets podcast. You can go have a listen to that on all your podcasts. Where can we get that one? Yeah, Alice, give, us, give it another plug. Oh, I appreciate it. Part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. You can find it Apple, Spotify, wherever people listen to their podcasts. I was going to say next time, you know, I'm happy to accept the in-studio invitation. Even if it's only for a 10-minute bit, you need me to come down to New Zealand, do my thing, just say the word, and I'm there, my friends. Oh, beautiful. We'll see you in January, mate, for the ASB classic, Tennis Classic. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good morning, guys. Cheers. Um, mate. It got me thinking there, Kempi, about your, your thoughts on, on the LOV and, and the separate competition, the money that could be involved. I guess with the ATP, it's a bit like the PGA. When you're not playing those certified events or competitions, you don't have the rankings. You don't get the points for the ATP, uh, for the world rankings. I think that's the only downside. But, mate, money talks. You've seen what it's mm. done for the LOV. It's, uh, it's crazy. Look, just have a think about it. It's like... like you know, take the glasses off. Like you know, people mm. people are traditionalists, aren't they? And they want to play in the LPGA and and stuff. And all of a sudden, li- live comes up. <clears throat> you think about it from a parent's point of view. And they've got this. They've got this young eight to ten year old kid that can play golf. And now they know that there's another opportunity out there. It's like the days when you could only you know you wanted to wear the black jersey. It was only the All Blacks. Mm. And all of a sudden. You know, professionalism in the NRL came about, and now kids, especially Polynesian kids down here in New Zealand, got two choices: they can play for the All Blacks, they can play NRL. And I just think that question around is it becoming a younger man's game? Is I think what we're going to see in the future is 19, 20 year olds peaking because of that 10 year old kid being pushed towards that money. And I mm. reckon, I reckon, I wasn't joking. At 27, you're over the hill. 27, I think, is the new retirement age. Yeah, well, Kempi, I actually completely disagree because I think the flip side of that is sports technology has never been better. And you look at Tom Brady, you look at what Roger Federer was able to do, Serena Williams, we've never had athletes going this late into their career still competing. So I think you're going to get, I actually think the window is going to be bigger than ever. It's not going one way, I think it's going both ways. No, look, I just, again, so Tom Brady stood in the back of the pocket and passed the ball. He's getting, this year, especially in the NFL, you're going to see kids come out. You're going to see look at look at Joseph Swale. All right, that's mm. the hybrid. That's Tom Brady. Tom, the Tom Brady's their time's been LeBron there, James, thirty eight. The LeBron James there is, There's going to be another ten LeBron Jameses. There's going to be ten more Tom Brady's, but they're going to be short, compact um, players that don't play thirty to forty. You know, twenty Ooh. years, twenty years football. I can understand them starting early, Kempi. I can understand them starting early because you're dead right. These families and the, and the way sports go, and they want them to get them started, so they're going to peak 
and newly aged, but then I can see them going longevity. The, 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 the data, the science, the, the, the things in behind the scenes now, they're totally different to back in the day when there was no scientific evidence about looking after your body, what your body needs. Yeah, LeBron James pumping a million dollars into his body off the field to recovery and things like that. It's only going to give him longevity. Um, so, yeah, I can understand what you're saying, that we're going to get a lot of these players peaking early, but I can see them going for longer and longer. I could see a tennis player going till 40, a golfer going till they're 55, you know, like, and, and, and there is, like, differences, like, with NFL and contact sports, you're only going to be shorter because your body can't handle it, let's be completely honest, but when you're playing sport where you're probably not getting that high impact for body-on-body contact, then um, I can see them just going further. The scientific uh, evidence and resources out there is just crazy. Yeah, hear you loud and clear. Is he the extended prime? The thing of the extended prime, the Kelly Slaters of the world, will we see more of it? And what age will they be hitting their prime as Kempi uh, pontificates? Double eight, double three. What do you think? Come through, let us know. What age do you see being the prime? of a tennis player moving over the next couple of decades? Oh, it's a great question, Kempe. Uh, here with mm. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Speaking of Kempe, he's off the back fence after this. He's oh. walking back there now. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Why is it when the Aussies get one over their trans-Tasman cousins that it gets right under the skin of Kiwis, more so than any other opponent? When I was a kid, I was taught that the only team worth beating in the world, yep, the world, was the Aussies, no matter what sport you competed in. Unfortunately for me, the Aussie team I found myself pitched against was the Kangaroos. Not that easy, to be honest. An international rugby league team who had won far more than they had lost. I say this now as I can understand what our current teams are going through. Recently, the Black Caps were absolutely whitewashed in the ODIs, and the Kiwi Ferns uh, the black, the all-black women's sevens just lost the final in the World Cup yesterday. Now this Thursday, Aotearoa's most famous sporting team begins its next challenge. That challenge is trying to retain arguably the most prestigious trophy that our two nations battle for. The Bledisloe Cup could be argued to be the OG, the original trans-Tasman battle with our close Australian neighbours. They say it happens in threes, Louis. Yep. The Black Caps, the Black Fur, uh, the All Black Women's Sevens, and now the All Blacks. Nah, can't happen. Or can it? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Nah, 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 oh, nah, 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 come on, Or can it? Uh, a little bit nervous here, Kempe. A little bit nervous um, about this one. I'm not nervous come a couple of weeks, but this one I, I feel the Australians will be sitting back and they would have been preparing for this for a very long time now, and this is their chance to really get one over the All Blacks and give them a genuine chance to go to Eden Park where they haven't won for a very, very long time. How did Ireland They never won there? Well, Ireland won, but not at Eden Park. Not at Eden Park. Hmm. When was the so last time I mean. Ireland won a series, Denny? Yeah. Never. That's, that's the first it. time ever. It was the last time Argentina beat us at home. Never. In Wellington. Well, and uh, so how many is that? How many is that? That is two. When they Everything also happens, happens in threes. threes. I can see them getting up in this one, Kimpy. That's what I'm saying. But I can't see them coming over to New Zealand and getting the job done. 
That's what I'm saying. I can, I can understand things happen in threes, and, and it might happen Thursday. But come a couple of weeks, no chance. Oh, Daggy's staunch on this one. What do you reckon? 0800 150 Happens in threes. What would the third be to happen? New Zealand, Australia. Please don't say. Stronger, cheaper spray and go by Lifestyle Focus. Eliminate moss mold and lichen fast with the new powerful spray and go products. Lifestylefocus.co.nz. For all the information there, Kempi off the back fence. Love it. 29 away from eight. We'll get to your feedback after this. SENZ, we are 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Plenty going on around the sporting world. That was the news with Aroha for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Um, Jared Wairia Hargreaves has been given a three-match ban or penalty for his slam that put Tom Burgess straight into the dirt. Now, this will mean he's going to miss the, if he was selected, the three matches of the pool games for the Kiwis at the Rugby League World Cup. I know Kempi's got some thoughts on that and how that could play out. I saw a headline on NRL 360 again saying, well, this could be another fast, so he's not actually going to miss any NRL time where his penalty was actually created. So that's an interesting one to follow. The NFL... Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Bucks yesterday, he's age 45 or whatever it is, uh, he came out and led them there, uh, standing in the pocket. He's figured out how to stay and how to have longevity in the game, but they have got off to a winning start against the Dallas Cowboys. Later on today, it is the Seattle Seahawks heading or hosting the Denver Broncos. The return game for Russell Wilson straight back to Seattle. That will be interesting. There'll be a lot of feeling in that one. Uh, a couple of sports headlines there with Gull fueling your mission all re- year round. Pop in to Gull for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Kempi, just on Jared Wadia Hargreaves, three matches. A, do you agree with the ban? And then B, being able to serve the ban for the Kiwis at the Rugby League World Cup, does that check out with you? Oh, well, yeah. Of course, they're going to try and serve it out at the World, World Cup. That's if he gets selected. I, to be honest, I, look, I love Jared too. I don't, I can't see him being picked. Um, not now that he's got a ban. I just, uh, when you look at the sides, you have got Joe Tarpin there, Jesse Bromwich, who's captain's the side, uh, Liotta from Penrith, um, you know, Fisher Harris from Penrith. So you got four pretty similar players, and then you're going to throw Jared into the middle. Um, I can't, I can't actually see him making the side now that. Maguire knows that he's got a three-match ban. To be honest about the ban, I thought it would have got longer. Like, you know, mm. that was a pretty um, blatant head slam that he used force to uh, on Burgess. And I, I thought four to six weeks, so three weeks. I don't think they'll contest it. I think they'll just take it. Yeah, totally agree there, Kempi. It was pretty rugged and thuggish there from Jarawai here at Wairia Hargraves. Do you reckon he's coming back? Do you reckon he's going he's to have another crack? He's, is he signed for next year for the Roosters? Yeah, yeah, he's Come still back. he's still yeah. running around. He's still running around next mm. year. He is the Roosters, you know. Like he came through the Manly yeah. Junior grades and and ended up at Sydney City. So um, he's pretty highly thought about 
uh, in the Eastern mm. Beaches, and he'll play the rest of his career out there. He's a, is he? You'd love him. He's a fantastic yep. guy, and he's actually mm. one of those guys. When you do pick a team, you know how you've got a, a guy in your team that leads your your team culture. That's what yep. type of bloke he is. Like he leads Man. it. You know, he's he's fun. He's always happy. He, he's banter, and then he he's like you know he's he's like a. A superhero. Then he puts on a suit, and he's a totally different man when he runs out on the football field. Oh, he's, mm. he, he is genuinely terrifying. That bloke. He's probably the least. Uh, him and Asafa Salomon are the other. Well, actually, a couple of weeks ago. But then him and Burgess this week gone. That game Sunday night was just terrifying. The nightmares for a long time. Chris says things happen <laughs> in threes. How about Scotland beat the All Blacks for the first time later on this year? <laughs> Cheers, Chris. Wow, very ominous, Chris. Oh. Jared. It's all right, Izzy. We don't have to dwell on that. Move on. Jared says, Kempe, you barely finished growing your first batch of pubes at 27. Men don't peak physically until around 30. Add sports science to that. They'll go. And that's Jared. Send me some sports science because I'm just finished growing mine now. I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> I can sort you out, Kempe. Ah. <laughs> Does it work like that? <laughs> yeah, mate. I got you. I have got you sorted, boys. What about this one? Well, for what it's worth, I think that people's peak will be at an older age than now with all the advances in nutrition and sports medicine from Mark. And Mark's already come through in the opposite of that. All I know is it's going to be strange not watching the A-B's test match half-chopped, not drinking during the week. That is from Mark. He's dead right. What a time is the game on Thursday? Is it 9.45? Oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get to the end of it. I, yeah, I, I, Midweek, Same. mate. I'm crashing. I... Mm. I'm, you know, I'll be almost I'll probably, more chance. Watch it. To, I might get up early and watch it, like on mm. on replay. You know, like before the show. Anyway, we'll work that one out. Uh, Richie says he'll miss the games against Leeds, Lebanon, and Jamaica if selected for the Kiwis. The NRL judiciary is an absolute joke. It has been for a while, Kimpy. Yeah, well, you know, like the interesting one there is the Talon May. Situation in it, so you're saying you yep. know Talon May gets a a reprieve because uh, of the fans, and what what doesn't Jared Worry Hargraves take him up, take him on and say, well, you know, you're you're stopping me from going to the World Cup, representing my country, exactly. What's mm. what's more important? So look, I, it's a tough one. You you can't win that argument. There's people that like the judiciary. It's like this conversation about the Sinbins, you know, this week. People saying the referee has to do his job and now you've got all the media saying, well, you know, did a terrible job. You're slowing the game down and so on. You just can never get a winner. No, you can't. It's you down the middle, Kim Pete. Bang on. Uh, Kelly Slater, somebody sent through. Speaking of the guy who hasn't got or didn't reach his prime, well, to be fair, actually, Kelly Slater's prime has been about 35 years old, 35 years <laughs> long. So that's, he's a bit of an anomaly. 21 away from eight. After this... Boxing and boxers' primes. Here's an interesting one for you. David Nika. I think he's about 27 years old. He's only fought professionally four times. He's got a pro fight on this uh, big card over the the title fight over in Melbourne. Now, what does he do with his career and where does he go? Pat McKendry's TVNZ boxing reporter. He'll be up after this to dissect it for us. 16 away from 8. Let's do some boxing, Kempe. Yeah, away from big Joe Parker. Plenty of Kiwi boxers are going to work at the moment, including David Nikki. Nika and Hemi Ahuo, who are set to appear on the undercard of a world title fight in October, which will be screened, that's good, live on TV New Zealand. The first time such a high-stakes bout has been shown free-to-air in Aotearoa since David Tua 
versus Lennox Lawson 2000. Melbourne's Rod Laver Arena plays host to George Combosis Jr. and undisputed world champion Devon Haney's rematch on October the 16th. Patrick McKendry is a TV New Zealand sports journalist. He's covered boxing for a long time and he's with us now. Morena Pat. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. How are you? How's things going? Yeah, yeah, I'm well. Good news yesterday, uh, from my perspective and uh, point of view, obviously, uh, TVNZ agreeing to uh, screen this uh, this fight on October the 16th in Melbourne, uh, live, free to air. I feel it's a big moment for boxing in New Zealand. Um, and in particular, two guys on their way up in terms of their professional careers, David Naika and Hemi Ahil, they're going to fight in front of a huge audience in New Zealand. Um, and so that's, that's going to be fantastic for their careers, I think. Yeah, so the opponents haven't been confirmed yet, uh, Paddy. Who who are you thinking yeah. they're gonna they're gonna fight, and, and what kind of an opportunity is this for both of them? Obviously, nineteen and zero for Hemi, David Nika starting his journey into the professional boxing round four and zero. So who are you thinking? Big names? Yeah, good day, Izzy. Um, to be honest, I have not heard a whisper about their opponents. I think it's mm. uh, they will be announced in in a week or so. Um, I, I hear um, talk that Naika's uh, opponent, he, apparently not a big name, but however, he is a big puncher. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have seen much of David's uh, professional career so far. He's fought four times um, for, for, for four wins, three knockouts. However, he does occasionally um, catch a punch. Um, he does occasionally get hit and hit fairly hard. So... Uh, if there's one thing that he needs to, to do, in my opinion, is probably tighten up a little bit defensively. But it's um, you know th- th- this is a, a big fight for his career, and he cannot afford to lose it. He he, he want to put on a show, um, but he has to be a wee bit careful, I think. So yeah, by all accounts, um, some in the industry feel it's it's a risky fight, but we'll find out soon enough when when the opponents announced. I'm not sure about Hemi's uh, opponent. Um, <clears throat> however, this is a, a heavy way. I don't know if you guys have seen him fight. He's a very hard puncher, a tough guy. Uh, they say he's sort of a, a Mike Tyson clone, um, and he, he does he, he does hit that way. He has a similar style, so he's a, he's a very ex- exciting fighter to watch in the ring. Yeah, he's been. He, they, they regard him as the young, uh, the the little Tongan Tyson, isn't he? That's his that's his nickname, yeah. Hemi. Um, got a got a de- decent knockout punch. The, with the with the Kiwi uh, boxers. Going forward, you know, you've got David uh, Nika who's been through them camps with Joseph, Joseph Parker and stuff yeah. like that. Do you think, you know, he learned a lot from Joseph Parker about yeah. being professional? Oh, 100%. You know, I learned a lot from Joe, but also Tyson and, and, and the, and the mm. boxes that Tyson is in camp with. Um, I think that was a hugely important and influential part. Um, of, a, of a learning experience for David, but also Joe as well. I think he's learned a lot. I, I spoke to Joe on Saturday morning, and he's in great nick ahead of his fight uh, against Joe Joyce, which is coming up very soon, uh, September the 25th of New Zealand. Um, but he, he's learned a lot as well from Tyson, and just, just around things like uh, being able to stand up for yourself verbally, because the, the banter over there is fairly robust, as you can imagine, with Tyson involved. So... <laughs> Yeah, like uh, I, I think um, I think David would have would have learned a lot, and his confidence would have grown exponentially. Yeah, I, I heard uh, the comments from Andy Lee when David arrived. He was pretty raw, 
and he was <laughs> underwhelmed actually when he when he, well, with what he saw. But after yeah. a couple of times and put him in the ring with one of his his good sparers and uh, made him think differently. And I think you did right. Being around Tyson Fury, who probably has mental toughness, is probably the greatest. Yeah. Um, you know the, the things he's able to yeah. do and, and overcome. It'll be pretty good yeah. for him going forward. But talk to me about Hemi Ahio. Like he's nineteen and zero, and look, yeah. if I'm going to be completely honest, have no re- recollection or no idea of how good he really yeah. is. Like, so he's obviously got a lot of experience on his belt. Can he go forward? And if he's able to get this job done, we can see more coming from him. I think so. Look, he's he's only been fighting for ten years. Um, I, I talked to him yesterday. It was quite interesting. He's from Mangere. Um, he's in his early 30s. He, he took the sport up when he was 21, 22. Didn't really know where to start. He, he said he, he went to David Tua's gym in Onihunga and trained there for a week and never saw the great man. Um, he just wasn't there. So eventually one of his uncles said, come on, I know a guy that you can train with. So he, he went and trained somewhere else. But um, he, he's a very dangerous heavyweight and there's not a lot of upside for his potential opponents. You know, um, there's not a lot of, what I mean by that is there's not probably not a lot of money um, on offer uh, for, the, for the risk involved, the risk of getting knocked out or made to look a bit silly in the ring. So, um, yeah, he, he's probably found it a little bit hard to get um, proper traction in his career. But I think if he impresses on, on uh, October the 16th uh, in Melbourne, then, you know, I think he could go to a new level. I remember watching a number of those journeymen, Alex, go through... Um literally through the ropes with Shane Cameron when Shane Cameron was going on his journey and, and you're dead right. Not a, not a hell of a lot of money and a lot of downside when they get knocked out all the time, so I feel sorry for those blokes. Um, but, but talking about heavyweights, have you been, have you been watching Joe Parker's preparation uh, for Joe Joyce? How do you think that's all going? Yeah. I, look, um, you know, being in Auckland, I, I, haven't, um, I haven't seen him face-to-face, but um, I've seen a bit on social media and the stuff that he's posting. Uh, and as I said, I had a good talk to him on Saturday morning. He, he he's in great nick. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little banter there. He, he, he's in great nick uh, physically and mentally. He he um, is currently renting out one of Tyson Fury's six bedroom houses, um, and he's got his own live-in chef, uh, who he says is costing him the absolute earth. But I mean, it, it's good for him because he's eating properly. And I think I think you can see the benefits in his videos and stuff. Um, he, he does look trim, and um, you know I, I sort of said I asked him how he was, um, you know, uh, facing up to his opponent Joe Joyce, who's undefeated, a very tough, durable guy. And he said, "Look, I'm not really too worried about about Joe Joyce. I'm more worried about myself and what I can do." And I, I think that's probably the attitude he has to take. Um, you look at Joe Joe Parker's uh, attributes in the ring: hand speed, agility. Uh, toughness to a certain extent, um, but I think um, Joe, Joe Joyce, a big tough guy, likes to come forward. He's quite slow, and I, I think that's really the big point of difference. Joe, Joe Parker's a lot quicker. I do, I do think that he has the potential to rack up a lot of points and rounds, and maybe maybe that could be um, you know, significant at the end. Yeah, last time he fought Chisora, he bought that uppercut that was devastating. So I'm expecting another little string to his bow come when he fights next That's Sunday. Right. Not too far away, Paddy. Not too far away. Hey, mate, yeah. we let you go. We appreciate your your time with us this morning. Um, honestly, great news for David Nika and Hemi Ahio going over there and, and fighting under a, such a major undercard. Um, and Joseph Parker next Sunday. 
taking on Joe Joyce. Hopefully the boys can get the job done. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, man. Great to chat. Yeah, there is. Paddy McKendry, TVNZ sports journalist, doing a fantastic job. Loves, Love his, loves his boxing. Always has for a long time, Pat. He's been flying around the world with Juco, followed Joe Parker for a long time, and uh, so he's got a good relationship there. So read between the lines. Joe Parker, points or decision, $3.75. Ooh. Mm. It's only next mm. Sunday, lads. We've got a big week next Crazy, week building yeah. into that. We'll have to catch up with Andy Lee. We'll see if we can track down uh, the great Irishman and see how Joe has been going because it's not too far away. Seven away from eight. We'll be back with your texts after this. Coming up, we're coming up to eight. 8am, we'll have Izzy's Bomb Squad a little bit later on because it's Team Naming Tuesday. Any points of contention for your All Blacks team? I was asking about 8, 9, 10. What about the outside backs? Have you got any thoughts there? Do you think they make a change or do they not take any risks? Chris says, Kempi, didn't Tarpane play lock last time? Doesn't matter where he plays. He's a beast at the moment. <sighs> Arguably one of the yeah, best in the sure comp at the is. moment. As you do, you go through those players and yes, he did play lock, but the lock, the number 13, isn't a traditional lock. Chris, he's basically a front row playing in a 13 jersey and uh, that's why I say there's no place for Jared Rory Hargraves because you generally have to be a ball playing lock, which Jared isn't. Mm, interesting. It'll be interesting to see where they go, Kempi, uh, later on in the year. Only a month away for the Rugby League World Cup. How good. But there's one certainty. You could probably pick most of the, the All Black squad. Coming up, we're going to talk the Black Ferns uh, uh, World Cup squad with Kirsty Stanway. And there is some questions of where they're going to go there. Can't wait to break it on down. Kirsty Stanway coming up. He's Aroha Health and News for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price of Neutralife and Good Health Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Atamari, good morning. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ Tuesday, the 13th of September, and it's just after 8 o'clock. We're here, last hour of a big show, and we're going to finish it with a bang. We're going to talk some black ferns because this, this is a big day. This is a big day when they name their 32 women squad to take us forward to the Rugby World Cup. So far throughout the year, the professor has started 34 different women across their tests, meaning there will be some tough phone calls made and some genuine elation for those included for the campaign. Now, this is a real privilege. She's been the host of our wonderful Run Home show alongside Beaver and also hosting our Black Friends show here on SENZ, which has a special airing tonight 
to have all the analysis you'll need from today's announcement. Kirsty Stanway, one of the best of the best, and someone I've got a lot of time for. Morena, Kirsty, how you doing? Morena, good morning. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on your show. First time you've invited me, Izzy. <laughs> First time that Louis invited you, and I said, "Wow, we've we've gone that." No, you are all over it. You've got you are all over it, Kirsty. It's only been a year, and we've only just got you on. Do you know why I haven't got you on, Kirsty? Because you just don't do mornings that great, that well. So oh, we just well. We got to... <laughs> I got up early for you this morning, Izzy. I was up at six thirty with the sparrows. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, Curse. Hey, look, honestly, today's a huge day for the Black Ferns. Oh. Um, with, with what you've seen this year in the Farah Palmer Cup, what we've seen from the Black Ferns, Wayne Smith has a difficult yeah. task naming the 32-woman squad today. And no doubt, being in this position, they would have already had the phone call now. And it's a, it's a tough day. But there's going to be oh. some, some happy ladies out there. So how, how difficult has this been for Smithy, you reckon? Honestly, like you two know what it's like to be selected mm. in your team. I feel sick today. Like I've actually got this sick feeling in the pit of my stomach mm. because, yes, on one hand, you're going to have 32 ecstatic women who are so excited to play at the first World Cup at home. And on the other side, there's going to be a handful of players that aren't going to be there. And for those mm. women, they got the call last week. I just feel sick to my stomach for them, you know. You know what it's like. You give absolutely everything to this jersey and then that sport, some just can't make it and, and it is so brutal and oh I, I just can't imagine what it's like ringing them and just letting them know. It must be so difficult. Tough job, tough job telling people that they oh, haven't made so the team. Tough. It's a tougher job yeah. accepting that phone call, but it's a reality of professional sport. You've got 29 contracted yeah. players. That that was a great step forward from the, the New Zealand rugby yeah. to, to contract players. Is there anyone in that 29, because he's got a name 32, is there anyone in them 29 that miss out, do you think? Well, so here's where it gets interesting. Obviously, 32 players are named. He's used 34 players throughout this year. Um, but seven, seven players put their hands up to play in this World Cup or to say, I'm available. Mm. Only two of those players have actually been released to come and play. So we saw Tyler Nathan Wong and Theresa Fitzpatrick. Um, otherwise, we haven't seen Porsche Woodman, Stacey Flula, Kelly Brazier, um, who else was there, Sarah Hedini. We haven't seen any of these other ladies because they've had such a busy sevens calendar. They came into camp in Christchurch for a week and a half before the first O'Reilly Cup match. But he's had to judge their performances from training and from what he's seen on the seven circuit. Um, so it's difficult because do you, as athletes, the sevens women are the best athletes in the game right now, right? Mm. They're the best athletes that we've got. But if you include yeah. those six or seven women, that means six or seven of these contracted ladies who have been in the environment all year, who have been training in their hubs, they miss out. Mm. It's a it's so, a difficult I, situation, Kirst. Guys... Yeah, it's a difficult situation because they're totally two different games. You know, your body yeah. shape needs to be totally different for the fifteens games. The way that's played, you've got so much space, but you're you, you're on the when you've got fifteen players on the field, you've actually got to commit defenders. Whereas in sevens, there's space so you can afford to run across field and do things totally different. So. 
Look, yeah. I feel like um, it's going to be tough. And, and knowing Smithy and how loyal he is to people that have fully committed to the game of 15s, I, I reckon he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll hit down that line. And w- w- when you think about it, you've got Portia Woodman, and we know how devastating so she is on the wing. So we is she going to be? Well, I think she has to be selected. But the tricky thing is, so with Portia, she's literally competing for a spot on the wing against her wife, Renee Whitcliffe. You know, these two train together day in and day out. They live together. They literally raise a child together, and they're both competing for the same spot. Both of them, I don't think, can make it unless there's injuries. So, (laughs) honestly, it's so hard. If you're Portia... Do you put your hand up and say, yes, I want to play? Or do you say, look, I've had a good year with Sevens. I've been to the Commonwealth Games. I've been to the Sevens World Cup. Will I let my partner go this time around? I feel like these mm. conversations must be going on in the background. The two most congested positions that we've talked about all year are the Lucy's. And again, mm. it's a question, do you put Sarah Hedeney in there um, at seven? And then you leave out one of these other ladies. And in the midfield, you've got Stacey and Teresa both coming back from seven. That means there'd be no room for Chelsea, you know? Mm. So you'd be leaving yeah. out some players to put these sevens women in. So that's why I'm interested what you guys think. As a coach or as a selector and as people that have been there, are you picking these six or seven women that you know are phenomenal athletes and could win you a game and leaving out these loyal servants? What do, what do you do? Well, mm. you don't leave Chelsea out. I guarantee you that. She can, she's, a, she's a must-have in there. That, that leads to the quest, question, though, Kirst, is what do they need to take, um, I guess, to the, to the field when they're playing the likes of England and France, especially, that will get them a win? You know, is it yeah. is it is it a forward pack that can dominate? You know, is it somewhere where you put Portia Woodman on the wing that's got speed to burn? You know, where do you think that that key element? You know, like you've got Wayne Smith, you've got the coaching of Ted there, um, Crum and the scrums. So you've got all that part worked out, but they know where they lost the the tour last year. Where do they need to make sure that strength is in their side to to actually have a shot at winning that World Cup? Yeah, they lost last year's end of year tour, set piece and up front. They were totally out-muscled up front. And when Wayne Smith came in this year, he said, we're not going to beat England and France at their own game. And let's be honest, those two teams are coming to New Zealand as favourites. We're not favourites, even though this is our home World Cup and we've won five World Cups. Those two teams are coming in as favourites. But he made it clear. He said, we've got the best athletes in the world. And he designed this game plan, this fast-flowing, trying to run the other team off the park, just all-out attacking style. He designed this around the type of athletes he had in front of him. But also, Mm. I think he designed that game plan knowing that he had seven players to come in and that they weren't going to be able to learn the intricacies of the game. So he's kept it really, really simple. Yeah, look, I know him, Smithy, and when I think about it, with his World Cup years when he's been available in 2011, he went out on the limb and he picked a, a young, uh, you know, raw myself. <laughs> he put Kahui on the wing. So he goes out, he yeah. tries different things. In 2015, he goes out, he picks Nehi Milnuskara, he picks Waisaki Naholo, and you got Ben Smith. So knowing him, you're dead right, Kirsty. He will pick athletes that bring something different. 
They ain't going to win the game rolling some more. They're going to have a solid set piece of scrum and line out. But where they're going to have their point of difference is their ball and play and playing with speed. So with athletes coming in, you got your Stacey Flulers. I think, Kempi, you touched on Chelsea Alley. I think it's going to be tough for Chelsea because she's been injured. She's um, She hasn't yeah. really had too much game time. And you've got stacked quality coming back in that midfield. That is where I think they're going to have the toughest um, um, decisions to make is that, is that midfield. Cursed. Today is, yeah. is the day, and we, and we know we can beat the Wallaroos, but going forward, do you think we've got a genuine chance, and how much of a chance with the, the calibre we have and knowing what's coming over, come later in the year when we get to the end of the, the World Cup, we have the right team and the right coaching team to get the job done? Has Wayne Smith had well, long enough? I mean, yes, he's had enough, hasn't he? I don't think that him mm. being in there for an extra or two years would make a difference. He's got the athletes. The team that he picks today will be the very best team that he has. Um, mm. Whether or not they're good enough to win this competition, as we would honestly be guessing because this yeah. this team hasn't played against England and France. You know, he's brought so many new players, so many new athletes into this environment this year, and they're playing a totally different style. The, the Aussies are ranked sixth or seventh in the world. It's no comparison to compare them to those European sides yeah. who play in the Six Nations. They've got a professional competition over there. They're literally years ahead of what New Zealand and Australia are, but they have the absolute best chance with the team that they named today and, and with this coaching group. And honestly, I know you guys have asked me for selections and, and who's going to be left out. It, it, you get so close to these players, as you know, and it's so hard. Mm. That's why I think I feel sick today, because I know some of these women will miss yeah. out, and they become like your friends and family. And I think that the seven ladies will all be in. If they want to be in, in this team, the seven women will be picked, other than maybe Tyler Nathan Wong, because she obviously picked up a concussion, missed out on the Sevens World Cup. And I do think Chelsea is... It's on the fence whether or not she makes this team. Um, she's been injured a bit this year and she's also had concussions. So if there's two omissions, I think it'll be those two. And obviously we've already seen yeah. this year that Les Alder um, didn't make it back yeah. into this team, Alder's Blackwell. And, and these are women that have given so much to this game and, and that's it. Mm. But, but you're right, Kempi, it's just sport at the end of the day, but they're also humans as well. So I feel for all the ones that don't make it and I'm also so excited for the ones that do. Cursed, I've been there. 2015, I missed out. I can understand their their sadness. They'll be disappointed and yeah. they'll be thinking the worst. But then I can speak from experience. You just got to dig in. You'll come through it. And honestly, things happen for a reason. And it's that old cliche, you know, things happen for a reason. You'll be, you'll, you know, you'll be better at for it, and that's what honestly will happen. They will be better for it, and it's obviously a, a day where, for celebration, a day for disappointment for these girls. Come three o'clock today. Look, the Blackburn Show live seven tonight. What can we expect from the show this evening, uh, Kirsty? What have oh, we got for your show tonight? It's, it's going to be blockbuster. So make sure you listen. Honestly, <laughs> get behind and support these women because they deserve your support. And we're only three and a half weeks out from the start of the World Cup in New Zealand. So if you haven't, go and buy tickets already. They're so cheap. Auckland and Whangarei. Um, but tonight, we are literally going to dissect this entire team. We're going to get three or four of the ladies that have made it on. We're going to get some of the old heads, and we're going to get some of the newbies who have been selected for the first ever World Cup. Uh, plus, we've got Scotty Stevenson coming on the program as well to look um, to give us an overview of, of what Wayne Smith has done. So it's going to be a great show tonight, 7 till 8.
live on ATMZ or you can get it on the app on demand. Nice, Kirsty. Sumo! Sumo coming on the show. Beautiful, Kirsty. Oh, we appreciate your time. Are you off to Melbourne, are you? You're going for a holiday. Yeah, I'm off to Melbourne. Yeah, so follow my socials. I'm going with All Blacks this time. I'm not actually going with Sky. Um, but if you've ever wondered what it's like, you know, going on an All Blacks tour experience, follow my social media because um, I'm going to show you exactly what it's like. And if you've thought of going to the World Cup, if you want to go to France next year and you want to do it through one of these packages, have a look online, allblackstours.com. But incredible oh, hey. whoa, 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 Are you, whoa, 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 are you coming whoa, whoa. on my show and <laughs> plugging your socials? Don't you dare, no. Percy Stanway. <laughs> do, you need a sha- do you need a chaperone? A security guard? Keep his uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm available. Oh, where was my invite? <laughs> oh, we know you're not a good tourist. <laughs> you know I go good, Chris. Hey, Chris, Come on. Hey, Chris you just know. before you go, oh, just God. just get Beaver to talk about what it was like, you know, white baiting and getting a phone call. Because all those girls that miss out, they may have missed yeah. out on the selection yeah. today at three o'clock, you. but you never know. You never know when yeah. that phone call comes through. So it'd be a good, it'd be a good uh, little story for you, for Beaver to tell tell those girls that today. Bang. Thank you, Simon. Yeah, right. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of the show. Thanks, Kirsty. What about that? Oh. Kirsty sandwich. She got all the information in the world and then just rounds off with a big plug for All Blacks tours. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to Melbourne for an All Blacks tour event. I was like, I thought she was going for Sky and, and the Test match, but yeah, no, she's going over. Well, how good. Celebrities, oh, eh? Is he? Celebrities. <laughs> celebrities, man. I didn't get invited. Not me. I'm staying in Autotahi uh, Christchurch, boys. I'm about to go to the gym after this. Hey, big day. Big day, honestly. Women's rugby. And it's going to be, like you said, Kempi, I love that little uh, comment at the end there. It ain't over. Look, they're going to miss the initial um, team. Some of them are. But stay ready because you never know. There is going to be injuries and there is going to be moments where players have to come in and out. And they need to be ready for that. It ain't over. Yes, they'll be disappointed, but they've got to stay ready and uh, for that opportunity to come later on in the tournament when there's going to be niggles and, and injuries. Yeah, and and you're dead right. You you know yourself is the mm. you're in you're in camp, and then all of a sudden a player comes in a couple of days after everybody's been in camp because of an injury or you know some, something else has happened in their in their um, in their personal lives where they've had to leave camp. So just because you miss out on the initial naming doesn't mean you know there's not there's not a big big wider group of girls that will will be thought about in this um, situation. So they're talking two or three or four players. They'll be sitting on the fringes going, right, you know, I'll just have to wait for my chance. What would you do, Kempi? This is a situation that Smithy uh, faces. You've got players that have dedicated their time to the Black Ferns, the game of 15s have played Farah Palmer Cup, and you've got players that have gone and dedicated to the Sevens but have made themselves available come for the World oh, Cup 15s. Great question. What would you do, Kempi? Well, look, I haven't seen anyone in the Sevens that would replace anyone in the 15s, to be brutally honest. like Porsche? Uh, Porsche and Grace Steinmetz, that's probably the one. That's, um, be... the, but they're not... They, they, see, my question was... The reason why I mm. asked Kirsty the question was, so you got you got your pool games and they should get through the semi-final, all right? But when they yeah. come up against England or France, it isn't those girls in the sevens that are going to win them the game. If they get no... Like, if they don't win that front... That front of the ruck, you know, right in the middle of the park, 
then mm. they don't win that game against England or France. Now, do any of the sevens girls fit into that front of 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 house? No, they don't. No. So it doesn't matter who you put out out wide. You need the you need the girls right in the middle of the park. Your Lucys, your front rowers, and your and your back rowers to be solid, mate. I think they'll come from the far apart. I think they'll come from the 15s. Those who you're talking about will come from the yeah. from what's already in the squad, and, and they've got to lay the foundations. Sevens will probably bring more of the impact on the edges, on the width. And would you include someone that can break open a game from nothing? And knowing Smithy, he loves something like that. He loves a little athlete, an athlete out wide that can just bring that point of difference. He saw what it's been able to do at previous World Cups with Smithy. So interesting day, boys. Three o'clock. I can't wait. Mm, 22 minutes past eight. Here with Kimmis Warehouse, great savings every day. Well, you are not alone, is he? Because Matt says, hey, I'm male, pale and stale here, but I'm loving the Black Ferns chat. It's like mouldy language. The more it's talked about, the less the boomers will moan. Love it. Appreciate it, boys. That's Matt. Appreciate you coming through on double eight, double three, Matt. And uh, someone in Melbourne says, tell Kirsty to bring the wet weather gear. It is bucketing down in Thank Melbourne. God there's a roof there. That's right. Marvel Stadium. Joe? Marvel Stadium. So he, he, but he had it right though, didn't he? He said super. He thought superhero, but he just couldn't get Marvel out. That was Quizzy Dag. You can go listen to our podcast. One of the worst editions ever in the history of Quizzy Dag. Uh, 22 minutes past eight. Back with Paulie Mwadi, tab.co.nz after this. Ooh, 27 minutes past eight on a Tuesday. And this is a real treat, Kempi, because we've got... Paul Mawati from tab.co.nz. The one and only yes. Paulie Mawati. And it's a team naming Tuesday, not for the Warriors, for the All Blacks, Paulie. And we've got some All Blacks odds. And uh, I think by looking at the odds, people think the Wallabies can beat the All Blacks in Melbourne. Yeah, they certainly can, Louie. That's right. Uh, the betting on that uh, test match uh, in Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. Joe, it's Marvel Stadium. Uh, <laughs> it's fairly evenly spread. The, we've taken slightly more money on the All Blacks at a dollar twenty-seven than we have on the Wallabies at three dollars and seventy cents. But it, it, there's not much between them in that match result market. Uh, of course, this is a bonus back um, match as well. So. Uh, have a bet on the win- oh, a pre-match uh, bet on the winning team and margin uh, market, and uh, if you've got the right team, there's a great bet here. Correct margin. There's a great bet here. Well, what, what are you looking at? Australia thirteen plus thirteen dollars. Look, to be fair, there's been a few that have already jumped on, Louis. So there, there are punters out there who are thinking along the same lines as you. Uh, the best back selection in that market at the moment, the All Blacks to win by one to twelve at two dollars and eighty cents, but that's closely followed by Australia one to twelve at four dollars and eighty cents. But once again, there's a good spread of money across um, all four major selections in that market. There's a, not a lot of, uh, I guess, cash on the draw at twenty one dollars there, um, and I can understand why. But yes, All Blacks one to twelve is the best back. Followed by Wallabies one to twelve. Of course, we've got Fell later on this afternoon as well. The final game of Week One, where the Seattle Seahawks welcome back Russell Wilson uh, after what well, he was there for around a decade uh, in a Seahawks uniform, and he's back as a Bronco. And I can tell you, was taking a ten thousand dollar bet on the Broncos at a dollar thirty one to win oh. that match. Uh, this is also 
a bonus back uh, match. Um, so once again, <laughs> have a look at the that? winning team in margin. Mate, I don't well, think they're worried 10K. about their bonus back. I don't think they're worried about the $50 cycling <laughs> back. Mate, how could you have a $10,000 bet in week one of the NFL? Yeah, that's very, very, that's a great point, uh, Louis. <laughs> I'm in a survivor pool and four players have been knocked out already week one. It's hard. There's no uh, there's no harder competition to pick. Like, there's a crazy amount of uh, – there was a stat, like, I think 60% of home favourites lose. Or home, yeah, uh, in week one. Like, it's just – it's so hard. Paulie, thank you for your time. Uh, download the TAB app today. Go have a look at all those markets. Izzy, did you screw your face up? Was that – I see you screwing your face up when I said one of these 13 plus. <laughs> Yeah, screwed up. Of course I did. <laughs> uh, look, they won't go 13 plus. If they do win, they'll win 1 to 12. You know, Melbourne is one of the hardest places to pick a winner. When teams go and travel Isn't to it? Melbourne, you, you, your teams think that you, got, you think your team's a favourite, and there's been so many upsets down in Melbourne. So, mm. you know. You look last week at Canberra go down there, they beat Melbourne. You look at the Kiwis, I know, I know in 91 we were meant to get flogged and we get out there, we beat them 13 plus. You know what I mean? Just no one ever picked it. And it's just Melbourne, I would never have a bet on a game in Melbourne. Well, okay, that's interesting, Kimpy. My logic was that $13 is the by far the most inflated odds out of those. I think Australia's a genuine chance to win, and it's a bonus back. So if you're going to take Australia to win, I would encourage you to take the 13-plus rather than the 1-12. to That's just the way I, my logic goes. But I think all four yeah, of those... Love it odds. Love it odds. Yeah. I love it odds. Too. Yeah, I know you do. do you, but you would never. <laughs> I think the $3... You, you're not allowed. I the think the $3... Dollars... Let you get on against the Olympics. I think the $3.70 for, for head-to-head is overs. Way overs. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Izzy, hold, you, you think mm. on that one. We'll get to yours after this, actually. You, you think on that. We'll come back to you. I agree. They can be 28 away from nine. Here's Aroha the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Love Racing.nz as well coming up. Aroha, 26 away from 9 o'clock. Uh, Scott Logan says, I'd have Taylor Knight and Wong as backup halfback. Match 2 versus Australia without the frontline half showed we need that. So would you pick Taylor Nathan, not Tyler Nathan Wong, even with those injury concerns, knowing that she can cover a couple of positions? Interesting theory. Scott, Izzy, before we get to Jeff the Ref and Cromwell... Uh, the Wallabies over the odds, do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see where where they're coming from, yes. But uh, yes and no. Like There's still a bit of uncertainty with Australia, but like the All Blacks, they haven't put in back-to-back performances. And, and they've been pretty... They've been good when they've been really good, but next the next game they've been really poor um, as well. So look, I can see where the TAB are going, but that is juicy odds. Because they can win this, no doubt. They can definitely win this game in Melbourne. If they're going to have a chance in Bledisloe, this is their chance to 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 get the job done over over and all back. But I'm backing all backs through and through. You know that. You don't no, need I, me to tell you that. No, but I, I do know. That. They're a genuine chance. <laughs> nice, mate. Well, we've got tomorrow. We'll have the team named. We have to dissect that. Then on Thursday, we're actually be on air the morning of an All Blacks test, which is very exciting. Doesn't happen too often. Uh, Jeff the Ref, you're down in Central Otago there. You got a memory from Izzy's first test, is it? 
Well, I don't know if it was his, his first test or not, but it was pretty early on. Like, I took a bunch of sports turf guys over to Melbourne and we went to the MCG, but we are lucky enough the All Blacks all play in Australia at Etihad Stadium, and I'll never forget it. You know, like, I've been to a lot of test matches over the years and walked into the stadium, it was just a sea of bloody yellow, you know, gold. I thought, holy shit, you know. You know, this is pretty intimidating, you know, just to see all us guys in black and and the smelling the supporters. But uh, we smashed them that, that day, uh, that night. And uh, can you remember that, Izzy? You, you played bloody well, yeah. actually, one of your BD yeah. games, pal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, put 50-odd points on them, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We, we, we put a great performance in, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, I, I came on. I had a little flurry off the bench, but I remember that game when um, Corey Jane actually carved up. Corey Jane, I mean, Mills Mullane put down a break down the short side and he put a chip over and CJ Corden and scored in the right-hand corner. I remember that quite um, vividly from the from the bench there. But, uh, yeah, great stadium, lads. It's going to be a, a hell of a watch, and if you have a chance to go and watch it, any rugby Eddie had, go along, because it's loud. It just, just reminds me of 10 years, just Gives me mem- uh, visions of ten years' time when we're down here in Takaha Stadium, and you're watching the mighty Red and Blacks get the job done. That's what I- just reminds me of that. Beautiful, <laughs> Jeff. Appreciate your call, mate. Great memories, and it is a bit of a cauldron in there because it's got the roof on. Is it? I don't know if it had the roof on that day. Yeah, it had the roof on. Yeah, yeah, it had the roof on. Everything was closed up. It was yeah, awesome stadium. Awesome. Beautiful stuff. Well, the All Blacks will experience it for themselves. This generation of All Blacks on Thursday night. And if you missed the start of the show, we spoke about this. It looks like it's going to be a sellout. So they actually got a little bit unlucky, if you will, because they organised the game to be... Rugby Australia wanted the game to be on the Thursday night because they thought they they would be up against NRL and AFL. Very good bet at this time of year. But just by the way, the semi-finals and the finals have... Or the semis have... uh, fallen. Sydney is hosting the AFL game on Saturday night and Melbourne's been dumped out. So Melbourne is not going to have any football. No football, no A-League, no rugby, no rugby league on Saturday night, which is super bizarre for this time of year. So um, I'm surprised it's a sellout on a Thursday, but it is, and that's very good news. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing, lads. It's a Tuesday, but of a sleepy what old... What have we got this week? What have we got this week, Louie? Have we got group one? What have we got? Yeah, man, we've got Animo back in action. Oh, oh just wins. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zaki might race it. No, can't beat it. Animo doesn't lose this year. Oh, actually, actually. Yes. 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 Oh, Kempi. What about about Mark? Mark will be out there at the game. There he goes, put another death nail on it. So you stopped in Peritres? Mate, we talked about that yesterday. We talked about that yesterday. So, so Louis, just so you know, I I had a $50 multi um, bonus bet on Friday. Yeah. And I'd like. Rock and horse, a place, and of course, Caitlin come on and said, "Let's get up there and do some butcher. butcher, a place, so, good put, place, one here, place, place, imperialism as an anchor." Oh, how many people like you? Mate, it was paying twelve dollars. Well, it wasn't. Right, so now you've gone and absolutely ruined my <laughs> coxplate futures bet by declaring Adam I doesn't get beat. Now I kind of need him to get beat this weekend so we can already start the rebound for the Cox Plate. Um, 
Yeah, so Animo's over there. I think it's the George Ryder this weekend um, from memory. Uh, that or the George Main over there in Sydney. They're just hoping for some better tracks uh, to Zaki, to get Zaki back to the races. They just don't want to run him on too many heavy tracks to take the legs out of him. Uh, so there is good racing uh, in Australia this weekend here in New Zealand. We've got the interprovincial finals and. Taranaki at New Plymouth there. Rickerton, there's stakes racing down there as we start to amble towards Cup Week. So it's the New Zealand Bloodstock Canterbury Bell Stakes for the three-year-old Phillies, which is always a great race heading into the Thousand Guineas. Um, really exciting stuff. And before then, well, tomorrow we've got two synthetic meetings, one at Rickerton, one at Cambridge. Otaki on Thursday, Topor on Friday, and then Tarapa for Grand National, no, uh, Great Northern Day, I should say, on Sunday. So um, it's a really busy thoroughbred week, barring today. We've got five massive days in a row ambling towards that Cup Carnival. Really exciting <laughs> stuff. And Mark says, Kimpy, Kimpy. <laughs> yeah, Mark, don't worry, I'm declaring sales on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Who are you declaring Thursday in the ABs? You're talking to Louis, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm talking to you. Not me. <laughs> you can't be, can't uh, be, can't be. Mate, I, want, I just want the All Blacks to win. I do. I just want the Oh, win. look what you've done. Lee, <laughs> 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 I know what you're doing, mate. I know what you're doing. You're trying to pass that title. Well, it's, I think it's passed. <laughs> I actually think it's done. I think, I think you're now the stopper. Off the back fence, the stopper. Kimby is 19 away from nine. After this, actually, oh, it all makes sense now because your NPC teams have stopped winning as well. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to that and get a total as well as Izzy's bomb squad. Not too long. Stay with us. Izzy's bomb squad. It's Tuesday and I can't believe it, but there is a Blitterslow Cup in two days. Yes, two days. When was the last time there was a test match midweek only in Melbourne? A city that oozes sport in a place where it can pack out the MCG on three consecutive days for three separate games. I was lucky enough to prepare for a test match in Melbourne and what an experience. Unlike other major rugby nations where no matter where you go, you'll be swamped or noticed. In Melbourne, it's the complete opposite. You can walk around like you're invisible and you blend in like the norm. It's a weird feeling, but something that the players will enjoy. That aside, it is a game of rugby, and it is planned for the coveted Bledisloe Cup, like Kempe alluded to earlier. Time is a healer, but for our All Blacks, the questions still remain. Does this Australian team worry you? Can Dave Rennie break our hearts? How would you feel if the unthinkable happened and we lost the Bledisloe Cup? Or have we seen enough and taken the lessons, I say lessons, taught from the previous mini-series a la Ireland, Argentina, South Africa? I'm sitting here not knowing how I feel. For one, I just can't believe there's a test match on a Thursday night. And two, I feel we will do enough to remain the Bledisloe. But... The uncertainty still remains, and that is fair enough. Thoughts, lads? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
<laughs> this is a nation. This is a nation at the moment. That ooh, <laughs> we don't really know. <laughs> loss win, loss win. Do we go along that same trail of the loss before we get a win back here at Eden Park? Mm. And keep you right. Say the unthinkable happens and we lose the blitters though. Like let's. Oh, oh what, what then? We just give up rugby and become an AFL playing nation. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. Then, then we've got plenty to talk about our show right through to Christmas. <laughs> oh yes. I think we take up what. I hope they. I actually, honestly hope they can go there in Melbourne on a Thursday night. It's going to be different, weird, and and win. Geez, I'd I'd like mm. that. I'd really like that. But the you know the the fact is Dave Dave Rennie getting the Aussie team up. You know he's going to do that, mate. Seriously. Mm. Against against the All Blacks, one hundred percent. So it's going to be a cracker, mate. I'll be up watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stay up watching. Kimpy, I think your point you made about uh, Melbourne being a strange place to play and upsets happen is such a good point. Like there's something, and Izzy, then you've mm. just encapsulated there. There's something so strange about it. There's this weird feeling, like you know, before the fact. You know, you can look. I can think. I'm premeditating, like, looking back and going, oh, not the midweek Melbourne test. Don't talk about that one, you know? Like, oh, no. Mm. You know, like, there was that game in Hong Kong. There's been weird games yeah. throughout the All Blacks, and you gotta, everybody goes, oh, not the midweeker in Melbourne. Like, Could you go to a rugby nation, Louis, and you can feel the edge, you can feel the build-up, you can feel the atmosphere building during the week, whereas this place, there's none of that. So will you have the same preparation, knowing that no one knows you? No one even knows there's probably a test match here. There's oh, obviously 50,000 in a city of millions, but you just don't get that added feel and the atmosphere that you get from other player nations. So you're dead right. Like, this is going to be an interesting week whether the boys genuinely prepare, which they will, but whether they have that same edge kind of edge that you get from playing in a, in a Johannesburg or in an Auckland or in an Edinburgh when you're playing Scotland or Dublin, you know? The rugby playing nations. Melbourne isn't one of those. It's a sporting mecca of the world, but yeah. So there are those little questions, the uncertainty there of playing in Melbourne. And we've lost there for the Crusaders. We went there and we should have smoked the Rebels and we lost. And, and uh, it's been a difficult place to play. Um, so I, can, I know what Luke, uh, Kempe's saying. Well, Kempe, well, can, we do, can we give you a little bit of homework, mate? You probably haven't had homework in a few decades. <laughs> but can I give you a little bit? Sure. Fire you, away. You, you love talking about themes. Yes. Can you go away and come back to us for Off the Back Fence or tomorrow or Thursday, Dave Rennie's theme? Because on one side, the All Blacks might be missing the edge. Ooh. But on the other side, Dave Rennie will be in Melbourne in the bunker with his wallaby side, preparing them to do the unthinkable. And I want you to get into that dome of his and work out what it is he's trying to, you know. Pida. Can't wait to put that hat on. Dave Rennie. Mm. Right, you mm. Aussie boys, get ready. Here we go. What's the theme going to be? Yep, love it. Okay, nice. We'll, we'll do that. And um, for anyone playing along at home... Update. Am I winning this competition? NPC. <laughs> <laughs> so at the start of the NPC year, Izzy and Kempe drafted a team each right till we got to the bottom of the team. So Hawke's Bay, Tasman, Canterbury, Auckland, Wellington, Waikato, Bay Plenty, Taranaki, Counties, Otago, Manawatu, North Harbour, Southland, Northland. Southland and Northland were the last two teams picked. Northland has been great for Kempe. 
But not no, good no. enough to keep him out of top spot because Izzy's come back. 122 table points for Izzy's team at the moment. Plays 121 for Kempis. Are you serious? You've, you've had a what good a couple of weeks. You've had a good couple of weeks. <laughs> I thought you were just winding Kempi up, but you... Oh, mate, I am... Oh, and I told you, Kimpy. <laughs> Boys, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to shut up here. I'm going to get too cocky. <laughs> yeah. long, long way to go, son. We can dissect it yep. and which teams are playing well as the week goes on. Uh, I didn't work out plays, uh, games played, so there's a potential that Kimpy might have a couple of games up his sleeve, which is just so we'll just. And uh, there are. There's a couple of games up my sleeve. Uh, He's had all his storm weeks, mate. He's had all his storm weeks. Seven away from nine. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll dissect it and we'll go through team by team before the end of the week as well. Huge sporting week here. Ricardo's in for a huge sporting show after us. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.